Hello, peoples, and welcome to another episode of Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. I am your host for the day, Ryan Siebold, coming at you with another I got five on it five-minute mini-review. Today's film begs the question, war, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. We're talking about 2022's All Quiet on the Western Front. Directed by Edward Berger, Google has this described as, War breaks out in Germany in 1914. Paul Bomber and his classmates quickly enlist in the army to serve their fatherland. No sooner are they drafted than the first images from the battlefield show them the reality of war. This was based on a novel from 1929 by World War I veteran Arik Maria Remarque and stars Felix Kammerer in his very first role, Daniel Bruhl, and Albrecht Schuch whose name I'm probably butchering, and I'm very, very sorry. All the performances in this film were phenomenal. This film really stood out to me. It's a technical achievement. It had political statements that still ring true to this day, and it had a lot of heart. But more than anything, this film stood out to me because it was a World War I film that was told from the German perspective by Germans for the very first time. The novel's been adapted twice before, once in 1930 as an American silent film, and again as a miniseries in 1979. But never before has this story been told from the German perspective. Now, at first glance from watching the trailer, you could easily pass this off as another version of a war as hell kind of movie, one that we've seen a hundred times before. But in watching this, you quickly realize there is a ton of meat on the bone here that separates this film from many others. The film opens on a terrifying look at the battlefield to kind of let the viewer know what you're up against and what you're about to walk into, and then quickly cuts away to a small group of young men in a peaceful German village who are caught up in the German nationalism of the time and volunteer themselves to join the war, some of which are lying about their age to do so. The film rushes these young men through their training, and then quickly dumps them off onto the battlefield to see the realities of what they just signed themselves up for. Now, I say this is a unique experience because I think the normal cinematic portrayal of war is more one of good versus evil, or the good side versus the bad side, us versus them. It's usually rife with tales of heroism and villainy. But this take was really special in that it really kind of focused on the chaos of war. And in the trenches, it's not good or bad. It's just staying alive, trying to keep your friends safe in the trenches. This was a very personal tale told on a very large scale. It had all the horrific elements of the Omaha beach scene from Saving Private Ryan, interwoven with a lot of the moral quandaries of a movie like Born on the Fourth of July or Paths of Glory that we've discussed on this very show. War is so often thought of as these were the good guys because they were defending their homeland and these were the bad guys because they were invaders. But a story like this did such a great job of taking those themes down to ground level and just showcasing these characters as kids that were told they were doing the right thing, handed a gun and a uniform, put through boot camp and pushed out onto the battlefield and told to kill these people. They signed up for this war under the guise of nationalism, thinking they were doing the right thing. And then when you get out there, you don't know what you're doing. These kids were like 17, 18, and they were scared out of their minds. It's also worth mentioning, we don't see a lot of films portraying the horrors of World War I. World War I was different because machine guns were brand new, tanks were brand new, planes were brand new. We were using mustard gas, fighting with bayonets. Not to take anything away from the horrors of wars like World War II or Vietnam, but World War I was a different animal. I think we could all agree. This was a war that was fought face-to-face by children, and it was terrifying. And this film did a tremendous job of really portraying the emotion of all of that. This film was also a technical masterpiece, and the first name that comes to mind would be cinematographer James Friend. Director Edward Berger and James Friend had never made a film on this scale before, so they hunkered down in a hotel room in Berlin during COVID lockdown and storyboarded the crap out of this, making sure they were absolutely prepared for all the challenges that were about to arise. 
This film was shot on an Aerial Exa 65, which gave them an almost IMAX level sensor to capture all the battle scenes, an Aerial Exa mini large format, which they were able to put on a gimbal as we follow our characters through the trenches and out onto the battlefield, and a Sony Venice, which is notorious for its low light capabilities for all the night shots. But yeah, the cinematography of this film was astounding. Rather than feeling like a spectator of war or something you were watching on a screen, you felt like you were actually on the battlefield. This was a tremendously immersive experience. It was beautiful, it was terrifying, it was emotional when it needed to be, absolutely incredible. At just shy of two and a half hours, director Edward Berger said it was important not to shorten certain scenes and let them play out in real time, namely the notorious crater scene, which I won't spoil here, but when you see the movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. But yeah, this film really perfectly walked the line of chaos and horror and action and suspense, but then also these emotional moments that they let you just sit in and kind of contemplate, really powerful stuff. As I previously stated, this was our protagonist Felix Kammerer's first film. He came from a theater background. He had never been in a motion picture before. But the director said it was important to cast mostly unknown, so the characters in the story really stand out more than their star power. He also said the journey of the actors was very similar to the story itself, in so much as they signed up for boot camp and were all joking around and having a good time. But when they actually went to go shoot these battle scenes and the meat of the story of this film, they were up against the elements, entrenched in mud and dirt. It was really, really hard to shoot this movie. Though I have not read the book, apparently scenes were added around Act 2 that continued on through Act 3 that told the story of the treaty that was signed between France and Germany that was being spearheaded by Daniel Bruhl's character, Matthias Erzberger, along with a few other German politicians. The treaty Erzberger and his fellow German politicians signed agreed to pay unrealistic reparations to France and all their allies and went on to bring some of the highest inflation to Germany that the modern world has ever seen and provided an unrealistic world for all the German soldiers to come home to. So though the treaty brought an end to the war, it also brought along some very, very hard times to Germany. Though that was not explicitly portrayed in the film, it did offer a decent amount of foreshadowing into what we now know happened moving into World War II. Erzberger was assassinated in 1921, and Hitler and the Nazis then went on to use the unfairness of the treaty to stoke yet another round of German nationalism. These scenes were not in the original text as the book was written in 1929, so the author remark wouldn't have had this political context of World War II because it hadn't happened yet. But like I said, it offered a nice little bit of foreshadowing, and it also offered a contrast between the war itself, using these kids as pawns, put against the lives of the politicians and the generals running this war, as they met in their comfortable train cars and divvied up coffee and pastries and drinks as they negotiated this armistice. Again, very reminiscent of the Kubrick film Paths of Glory. He showcased that very well also. Aside from the cinematography, I'd also say the music really stood out to me. Composed and performed by Volker Bertelmann, rather than being a triumphant heroic score of horns and swelling strings, this had a lot of electronic horror elements, really showcasing how terrifying this all was. It's bananas. But yeah, the art direction, the production design, you're going to spend two and a half hours in the mud. I will say it's not as gory as some other war films. It takes you right up to the threshold that you get the idea of what these kids are going through. And there are definitely some cringeworthy moments, but I can say it's not gratuitous. Anything this film shows you is to make an emotional impact, and it does a great job of that. My three adjectives are flip-flop because it shows you the German side of things for the first time. I can say as an American, my only experience with war films are usually from an American standpoint, where we're the good guys, and we're going to go out there and be heroes, and blah blah blah. But this stripped all that pretense away, and just told a tale of humans, of kids, in the trenches, being told they were doing the right thing, that were swelled up in nationalism, volunteered to fight for their country, and when they got out there, they saw the realities of war. Insightful. Because again, this isn't a good guys versus bad guys kind of movie. This is more akin to Born on the Fourth of July or Paths of Glory. This is an insightful war film told about characters and real people and the politics behind it all. 
And my last one is heartfelt because war is hell folks. And you really, really feel for these characters. They did a great job of showing the bond these kids had with each other and what they went through in the trenches. You're really able to put yourselves in these kids shoes and dealt with not only the horrors of the battlefield, but also the elements, the mud, the weather. This is a beautiful, well-made, well-acted, incredible experience. It's on Netflix right now. I'm giving this an A. Well, that's it for me. Catch us next week on another episode of Esoterica Cinema. Cinema.